I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about CPAC and Trump. Bet you all watched it, but we're still going to talk about it. Labyrinth of Lies and the Equality Act Breeds Inequality. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I'm going to guess a lot of you watched at least portions of CPAC over the weekend and most likely watched Trump's speech. President Trump was uh, his first big speech after leaving the White House. And uh, it was a home run, maybe times a million. But I want to talk about, before I get, I sent some, a very short number of clips to Matt the Wonderful to play from CPAC. I want to mention something that's kind of on my mind and I want to focus on today. First of all, um, you know, my husband and I happened to connect, hear from a pastor friend of ours who was talking about the idea that he has received more calls, more requests for prayer and guidance and all that from people who are just feeling overwhelmed in America today, feeling overwhelmed by the, and these are my words now, but just the abundance of what is just wrong and what is happening in Washington, wrong what's happening in our government, the just mountain of lies that we're all treated to every day and we're supposed to treat them as though they're true. We're just supposed to pretend our way into agreeing with things that are not true that are being pushed by the Democrat media mob. And, and, and then we are kind of stymied or silenced and can't figure out how to respond. The other thing I was gonna mention, and I've mentioned this, I think already several times in connection with the passing of Rush Limbaugh. But I remember so many times over the years when big political events would happen or cultural events would happen, I would comment, or at least I would think out, think to myself, I can't wait to see what Rush is gonna say about this. I can't wait to hear what Rush's reaction is to this. And I think there are a lot of Americans missing him today and, and ever since his passing, because for many Americans, he became one of the people who would kind of cut through the uh, hype of stories, the lies um, of the left, and, and just simply state truth. President Trump has that quality also. He just cuts through the, the you know, hysteria and, and the um, lies that are pushed and just speaks truth. And I think there are people kind of missing Rush. And I also think, though, that's kind of my premise for today's show is there's a real need for all of us to be really discerning about what is true, what is not true, and to speak up in a more focused, diligent, everyday manner in challenging things that are being fed to us as true that are not true. Because things that the left are trying to sell America they are that are not true those things become the basis for policies they become the basis for the common understanding in america so people don't speak up and say hey i don't really think that's true think that's true because they think they shouldn't say that there's a need for us to be truth warriors to be tuned in reading understanding truth and then speaking up for it and calling out 
things that aren't true and calling out policies that spring from uh, that are spring from those lies of the left. So that's uh, kind of my overarching thing today. One last thing before I introduce President Trump. Actually, no, I will. I'll ask Matt the wonderful play the first clip. This is clip one. This is President Trump at CPAC. As you can see, the early weeks of the Biden administration of nothing less than they've been a catastrophe for American workers and for American families. Of our mission and for us, it's our movement. As I said, a movement like has never been seen, I think we can probably say, never been seen anywhere in the world. I mean, nobody's ever seen a movement like this. I'd, I'd grow up and I'd watch somebody who came in second in New Hampshire, or first in Iowa, and that was the end, and they became famous for the rest of their lives. We won the election twice. I mean, you know, think about it. Twice. The task for our movement and our party is to stand up to this destructive agenda with confidence and with resolve. The future of the Republican Party is as a party that defends the social, economic, and cultural interests and values of working American families of every race, color, and creed. That's why the party is growing so rapidly and is becoming a different party. And it's becoming a party of love. You have to see outside the streets. I mean, there's such love. The flags. <laughs> I'm telling you, ask yourself what kind, how, what other politicians you can think of who speak like that. And that was real. I'm going to play a few more segments from President Trump in just a moment. But I want to pause and just comment on the idea. This is why President Trump resonated with so many voters in 2016 and 2020. He's just talking heartland America. He's just talking, we, the Republican Party, have to stand up and say, we're going to stand up for the American people, the American worker, the American family. He's treating America as a family. He speaks very openly of love. And this is something that Ronald Reagan did, if you remember that. He talked about the, his love for the American people and the love of the American people for each other. He saw America as good. And that, and that really resonated with people because most people do see America as a country filled with good people. And they don't like the message of the left that are constantly telling America that America is a deeply divided country, America is a racist country, is a hateful country, is full of haters and evil people and bigots and homophobes and, and all sorts of other phobes they come up with. The left's message about America is always an ugly accusation against the American people. It's an effort to divide the American people into silos. It's an effort to pit Americans against each other. The entire message of the American left is about division and sowing suspicion in the hearts and minds of the American people about their fellow citizens. This is why, especially at this time, Trump resonated so well with the American people because they don't want to be told those lies. That's lie number one about the American left coming out of our show today, or lie number one spewed by the American left is this ugly, overarching picture they paint about the people of America. They come up with a victim class, and then a new victim class, and a new victim class, and every one of those victim classes is hated and maligned and mistreated by their fellow Americans. And Americans know, the vast majority of Americans know, our culture, our country, our people are much better than what the leftist politicians try to say. So at CPAC, 
I'm going to talk a little more about what Trump, the things that he laid out and a couple other speakers. But I wanted to play also something uh, as I sent to Matt. This has to do with this, this term Trumpism, which, you know, became only very recently became a really popular term to use. And as you'll hear him say, he didn't even come up with it. His, his supporters came up with it. But what he's really talking about is what is it that needs to be in the Republican agenda? What needs to be the agenda of the Republican Party moving forward to hold on to these millions of voters who turned out for President Trump in 2016 and 2020 and who are new recruits to politics overall and new recruits from the American left as more former Democrat voters discover the Democrat Party is now the Democrat Marxist Socialist Party, and they don't want anything to do with that. They want America to be America. So Trump is kind of laying out. He did say, by the way, at the end of the speech, he made a comment near the end uh, to the effect that he just may run again in 2024. And he said it kind of in a funny way, said, and, and defeat uh, the Democrats for a third time. So he's making allusion to the 2020 election. But wh whether he runs or not in 2024, what Trump is laying out is the future path for victory for the Republican Party. He's embellishing or defining the word Trumpism, but really what it is, it's a reassertion of the notion of the that the idea in America is the government of the American people, the federal government, has the primary job of representing the interests of the American people, not the globalists, not the lobbyists, not the bankers, not the international uh, you know, organizations. The government of America's job is to protect the interests of the American people. So now, here's a second little set of clips from President Trump at CPAC. Many people have asked, what is Trumpism? A new term being used more and more. I'm hearing that term more and more. I didn't come up with it. But what it means is great deals, great trade deals, great ones. Not deals where we give away everything, our jobs, our money. It means low taxes and eliminating job-killing regulations, Trumpism. It means strong borders, but people coming into our country based on a system of merit. So they come in and they can help us as opposed to coming here and not being good for us, including criminals, of which there are many. It means no riots in the streets. It means law enforcement. It means very strong protection for the Second Amendment and the right to keep and bear arms. It means support for the forgotten men and women who have been taken advantage of for so many years, and they were doing great. They were doing great before that horrible thing from China came in and hit us, and now they're starting to do really well again. You know, if you think about it, we built the economy twice. We built it then. And then, like every other country in the world, it went down, and then we built it again. Now it's higher in many ways, certainly in the stock market, it's higher in many ways than it was before. That's because of the foundation, and no country comes even close to competing with our comeback. Okay, he started in this, in this he spoke for over an hour, and he started in this portion of the speech to talk about Trumpism, what that means. And again, I think this was a really profound speech because it's what he's laying out, whether he runs or not, is what it's going to take for the Republican Party to be victorious in future elections in 2022 midterms, 2024 presidential elections and on. Because his, his description of Trumpism isn't about him. 
It's about restoring the idea of America and reminding the Republican majority, you know, you need to be on board with these ideas. This is what you do to win. So I'll mention a few other ones that he mentioned uh, in his speech. You heard him talk about... Um, making really great trade deals, uh, low taxes, uh, you know, eliminating job-killing regulations, and no riots in the streets. He also went on to say it means a strong military, taking care of our vets, a strong military, but caring for the vets. And he went out of his way to point out the mission of the Democrat Party is to promote socialism. And this is another reason when other Republican or conservative politicians look at Trump and they say, why is he so popular? Why? I mean, I, I'm a good guy. Why aren't I as popular? with the American people as Trump is? And the answer is because Trump speaks truth about important things. He says the obvious, which, which you know, many have been saying, waiting for people in Washington to acknowledge the Democrat party is now a Marxist socialist party. Just say it. That's who they are. It's what they want. And then they can defend that. They could say, yeah, we are. And, that's, and we think it's the best thing ever. And then we'll, we'll go on from there. But this is President Trump calling out the Democrat Party wants socialists back to what he's saying he wants. The mission of our party is to create a future of good jobs, strong families, safe communities. And then he actually, back to the Democrats, mentioned their party is based upon unvarnished disdain for America, its past, and its people. He went on to say, taking pride in our country, returning the teaching of truth about our history. We must teach the truth about our history, celebrate our heritage and national traditions, honoring people like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. We have to have patriotic education, strongly oppose the radical indoctrination of America's youth, defend innocent life, uphold the Judeo-Christian values of our founding and our founders, stand up to the political correctness crowd, reject left-wing lunacy, which is what, what a lot we're gonna talk about today. I said we're gonna talk about lies, the left promulgates is left-wing lunacy. In particular, reject the cancel culture, fight back. We know the rule of law is the ultimate safeguard. Affirming the constitution means what it says. Stand up to China, shut down outsourcing, bring back, bring back our factories. He goes on and on, and they really are not. Again, this is not about Trump. I am the first to say, you know, he has a big ego. I get this. But what he's talking about is not Trump. He's talking about America and how we preserve America. He had another whole segment of this uh, speech in which he talked about what has to be done in order to regain election integrity. To have election integrity in any election going forward, we must have fair elections ever again in America. We have to have election integrity, which includes a series of items he went through. And this is a very substantive speech. This wasn't a rah, rah, yay me. This is about America and its future. His whole speech, if you go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links. I link to both the video, you can watch his whole speech, and to this transcript of his whole speech. It's a really good thing to read. But I want to, you know, uh, two more last quick things in the first five about CPAC. There were other speakers there, obviously many, many great speakers. I mean, we could talk about it all week, but we're not going to. Two speakers I want to mention. One was Mike Pompeo, who is often on people's shortlist as a possible presidential contender in 2024. And he did the kind of things, too, that were just really uh, bold. He talked about our job in the next four years of conservatives is to resist socialism and resist the woke cancel culture. 
The next four years are going to test us. He says, everyone has to be a pipe hitter. Keep grinding. Be a pipe hitter at church, at your PTA meeting. Don't let them bring crazy into your classrooms, into your VFW. A pipe hitter just means someone who's willing during a meeting with them, on and on and on, to make noise. You know, to, to bang on the pipe, say, wait, 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 wait. What are you talking about here? Be a pipe hitter. Be an uh, um, outspoken person. And Christy Noam, the governor of South Dakota, also a contender in many people's minds uh, for president in 2024. Uh, basically, she had her very short and catchy thing she said, which was COVID didn't crush America's economy. The government did. Great point for her to make as she kept the economy of South Dakota strong. Lastly, in closing out, talking about um, the uh, CPAC conference and um, in today's first five, President Trump has uh, begun a PAC, created a PAC called the Save America PAC. And I will tell you, as I close out this first five, I did not support President Trump in the primary in 2016. I, you know, I've been politically active a long time. I am very tuned in to preserving America, preserving the Constitution, the founding ideas, the structure of liberty, the freedoms in the Constitution, the freedoms in the Bill of Rights. That's where my head is. I don't really care about people's race, ethnicity, or national origin. I don't really care about whether their family is a long line of you know, well-known, established, ruling class people or an unknown. I wanted someone who would stand up for America. In 2016, I was unfamiliar with Trump and I didn't get behind him. And so I'm saying that because I want you to understand, I came to appreciate him because of what he finally, what, what became clear, what he was saying when he ran, but mostly because of what he did as president for four years in this country, the policies, the laws, the speeches, the entire agenda was about restoring America. And this is why he is so popular with the American voter today, because the voters saw this in him. They saw someone who was actually standing up for the idea of America, the people of America, the freedom of America. And those people got behind him in droves, simply did, could not be pushed off their loyalty to him because the media would complain about something he said or his past life or his something he tweeted or something they viewed to be uh, unacceptable in his, his you know, personal life, they didn't care. It's not that they, don't ha that they didn't have opinions, but at the core, the reason he won and the reason he's still so popular and the reason if he wants to be the nominee in 2024, he has a very big shot at getting that, getting, winning the nomination is because he continues to burrow in on the number one job of the American government, which is to preserve America. That's what he stands for. This is why he is so popular. And that, my friends, is today's first five. You know, um, I sent, uh, I called this segment The Labyrinth of Lies. And this is why I mentioned earlier about there is just a, a unspeakably important need, impossible to overstate need for the American political conversation to go beyond just sounding like we're talking about, you know, this issue versus that issue and, you know, this, this uh, you know, argument, that argument to the larger point of being able to point out the lies of the left because those lies springboard into policies that will hurt America. And this is what we're watching. In fact, one other quote that uh, I didn't get, I didn't grab it, I guess, 
or maybe it was in the very beginning what Trump said at CPAC, but he said basically the Biden administration has been a disaster. And it has. It's been a complete, unmitigated, ridiculous disaster, and we're only a few months in. So the first lie of the left I want to point out is uh, it's kind of a combined lie about Biden. And that lie is that the media, the Democrat media mob, keeps wanting to tell us is Biden won. He got 81 million votes, more than any candidate in American history, and that he is mentally fit for the job. These are lies. And on the mentally fit part, I did not grab the clip. I consciously decided not to. But if you Google and look up Joe Biden, President Biden's speech in Houston, he came to Texas to examine the damage from our horrific storms last week. Uh, The storms that just kind of, you know, they really froze Texas, it was two weeks ago now, but froze Texas up. They, you know, we had the windmills freeze, we had the um, solar panels froze up. And so we had a huge energy problem in Texas, which is absurd. But he came to view the damage and he made a speech. And as, I mean, I could pick 25 examples like this. I actually feel kind of cruel doing it. But the speech he gave in Houston, he's running through, you know, some list of things and, and obviously clearly lost, can't figure out what he's talking about. And then in the middle of it, he goes, well, I, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I'm not mocking it because I think these are horrible things. I mean, I have watched very senior relatives in my family go through Alzheimer's. I understand it's brutal. It's horrible. But the left knew this about Biden. The entire Democrat Party apparatus knew this about Biden. They knew that he was in mental decline. But once they figured out that he was the most palatable to the Democrat voters because they could, they think he couldn't possibly be a socialist because after all, hey, he's Joe Biden. He's been in the Senate for a hundred years. He is like, you know, the affable Uncle Joe, maybe a little bit too, you know, uh, inappropriate with women, you know, always sticking his nose, his face in their hair and sniffing their hair and behaving inappropriately. But they saw him as the most palatable because he wasn't so stridently leftist or so they thought. So they let Biden move forward. No one in the party had the class, the integrity to say, Jill, Mrs. Biden, Dr. Biden, your husband isn't together and you've got to help us pull him back out of this race. They are so determined to win. If they figure this guy is a palatable one, they will let the American people choose him and then push the American people down the path of socialism, Marxism, they were already on, that the left was already on. The media in this country hid from the American people Biden's mental condition by allowing him to run a campaign mostly out of his basement, barely making public appearances, covering for him, allowing him to have very tiny little segments of a speech where he sounded kind of rational and not having the mainstream media, the media complicit with the left, not willing to let the American people see the truth about Joe Biden. Also, the American media willing to lie to the American public about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's corruption with respect to China and other countries. But on the China point in particular, the Hunter Biden laptop sat in the office of Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, for I don't even know what it was, a year or something, maybe less than a year. Everyone on the left understood that the Hunter Biden laptop contained 
irrefutable proof of the corruption of the Biden family and the fact that they were so beholden, so owned by China that the American people, if they knew it, would reject him as president. But this labyrinth of lies, willingness of the left to get their way no matter what, allow, just not just allowed them, convinced them, we're gonna hide from the American public his uh, mental decline and we're gonna hide from the American public the truth about the Biden campaign, the Biden family's involvement in China, and that they are owned by China, they're controlled by China. If the American people knew that, they wouldn't have elected him. This labyrinth of lies, and we all still have to pretend that somehow, you know, we're, we're okay here, that we're, everything's gonna be okay. Biden is in, and he's gonna make everything smooth over, everything will be fine, when it's not fine. In fact, on the subject of China, Tomorrow on this show, Gordon Chang is joining me as a guest. And if you've ever listened to him before, he's a fabulous expert on China. Lots of scoop about China and what, how China is now emerging and you exercising the control they have over Joe Biden. Anyway, so you have the lies like that. You also have the lies of popularity. Let me just say, 81 million people allegedly voted for Biden, which I, I do not believe. And I don't think anyone really believes. But I want to just make a little contrast for you. So you saw Trump's speech. At CPAC, I mean, the crowd was effusive, of course. And these are conservatives, so of course they're effusive. But there were, on that particular, uh, just CPAC, just uh, watching uh, on Fox, there were a half a million people just on, on, just on Fox and that uh, right side broadcasting network, RSBN. Between Fox and RSBN, you had half a million people watching live. You had more people watching live on OANN and other networks. You had the YouTube that has Trump's entire speech is up in the tens and I think hundreds of thousands by now, people watching. Trump is popular because he's speaking truth. And contrast that with, and, and actually there are very credible numbers um, being floated by someone, a very politically involved friend of mine, that somewhere in the range of 31 million people, 31 million people, ultimately, eventually watch what Trump had to say at CPAC. Contrast that with Biden. Biden gave a speech, a big speech at the White House, celebrating whatever it was, a half million mark of, of COVID vaccines um, given to people, something like that. You know, it was a speech about COVID. Literally, a live speech at the White House with the media. He's all there, you know, ready, giving a big speech. You know how many people watched live? Contrasted with well over half a million and probably more like 25 or 30 million for Trump, 669 people out of the entire country. 669 people watched Biden live. And later, this thing is the video still up at the White House website. They still don't even have 14,000 people. So the second lie of the left coming from today is this whole propping up of the idea that Biden won and that Biden has the mental capacity to be president. But I want to go on and talk about a couple of other areas in which American people are just told to accept lies. And if you question those lies, or you kind of eye roll, or if you really advocate and say, hey, you know, I'm not too sure about this, then you are quickly silenced and maligned. One topic I want to hit on this has to do with the subject of race relations in America. The left gains power in our country by spreading the perception among the American people that America is a deeply racist country, that we have a massive problem with white supremacy. We can barely, you know, we, the white supremacists are hiding under every rock. Uh, we, this has been a, just has been a, um, 
a field day the left has had in this election cycle to continue arguing um, about uh, about race and claiming that America is just a, a, a horrible victim of racism, uh, that American people are horrible victims of racism, that they're just, you know, there's a massive problem with racism in this country. White supremacists everywhere, white privilege abounds. You know, it's just, it's, they're trying to paint America as the worst country ever when, and this is one of those lies, one of those things that the American people hear and they, they just, they, they're, they're beside themselves because most American people say, sure, yeah, there are some racists, of all skin colors and on both sides of the other some but not very many and the american people are a good and noble people and the vast majority of americans strive every day to to treat their neighbor as themselves to love their neighbor as themselves this is the real america but the left must continue to push the lie of just hysterical racism on the part of the American people because they derive political power from doing so. And they plan political agendas based on spreading that lie to the American people. So one thing was truly astonishing about CPAC, I sent Matt the wonderful two different pictures. This is the, the an image of the, uh, the, from the camera up on high looking down on the stage at CPAC. Now leave, leave it up there for a second. So this is the blank stage at CPAC. Obviously, you know, it's the, it's the Conservative Political Action Committee of CPAC. This year's thing is in Florida. They you know, moved it there because they didn't have as many COVID restrictions. And they, obviously, they're trying to just use the red, white, and blue. You can see what they're trying to do, make it a very patriotic-looking uh, thing. Well, there was a um, leftist who saw that image on television or somewhere and tried to and, and put out the argument on you know TMZ or one of those not exactly newsworthy websites, but put out the idea that this image you're seeing is actually a Nazi symbol used by a World War II um, SS platoon, the, the a World War II German platoon, and so they looked. At, I'm going to keep that image there, Matt, and I'm going to just tell you what these people are saying. I mean, this idea that this is designed a secret message. You know, the left is always claiming the dog whistles. This is a goofball leftist trying to say that that image, which everyone can just see, is an effort to include red, white, and blue and make it flashy and make it interesting to look at so it's not just a blank and boring stage. That's the stage at CPAC. And yet, this, there was a, uh, and this, by the way, CPAC was at Hyatt, a, a Hyatt. And the Hyatt people responded first to this idiotic claim that this is a Nazi symbol. And they said, um, you know, they, they find the symbols abhorrent, but they went on to say, you know, this is, gar I mean, they didn't say it's garbage. They, they basically said that we contracted with ACU, the American Conservative Leadership, uh, and they said, any t and they, they told us any resemblance to a symbol of hate is unintentional. But I, but I want to make clear, this is how you fight back. When I'm telling you how to fight back against these lies, this is how Matt Schlapp great guy who's the head of CPAC, responded, stage design conspiracies are outrageous and slanderous. You know, he's just shutting down the idea that stage design is anyway a nod to Nazi history, saying stage design conspiracies are outrageous, slanderous. We have a long-standing commitment. The Jewish community, cancel culture extremists, must address anti-Semitism within their own ranks. CPAC proudly stands with our Jewish allies, including those speaking from the stage. So, but yeah, so CPAC has Jewish speakers even come. And I want to ask Matt then another, the second symbol, 
that I sent you from CPAC. And this is just this really odd, okay, if I were speaking in person and I had this on a screen, I'd say, raise your hand if you've ever even seen this before. So this is the image of some um, symbol that was used briefly by Nazi SS soldiers belonging to the 7th Volunteer Mountain Division stationed in occupied Yugoslavia. And this symbol was on their uniform. So Nazis used to have this symbol before they got to the one, the symbol that was more commonly known. And they even have photos of old Nazi soldiers with this on their uniforms. So this accusation that CPAC was imitating, let's go back to the first image. Look at this image. Now go back to the first image. They're trying to say this image you're looking at here somehow replicates that other black and white image, the Odal Rune, which came from some obscure freaking Nazi group in Yugoslavia. Okay, we can go back and, and I'll, I'll get back on camera now. I just want to point out to you the great depths and length the, the haters on the American left will go to concoct garbage malarkey, baloney, to try to spread the idea that conservative ideas or conservative organizations or conservative speakers are somehow deeply racist and actually the kind of Nazis. You know, these are anti-Semitic because Nazism obviously is associated with anti-Semitism. Never mind that CPAC has Jewish speakers, Jewish supporters. I mean, it's so absurd. But actually, I want you to actually think about this idea. Some guy, some, you know, left-wing nut job had the job of covering CPAC, writing something interesting, and instead of writing about, you know, X person proposed this policy, and this is a bad policy, and this is why, or so-and-so said this, and I disagree with him, I think that's not accurate. This is what he chose to write, to concoct a garbage allegation that that beautiful color picture somehow resembles this ancient black and white symbol that was on, I mean, you have to research to even know what that symbol that he's pointing, he's talking about is, and realize it was used by some wing of the Nazi, who were of course evil. Nazis are evil. The wing of the um, 7th Volunteer Mountain Division of the Nazi SS, of course they were evil. And whatever symbol they had in their uniform, no one's ever even seen it. But this is how these people work. Because I can tell you this story, and I can show you this, and you can go, oh my gosh, that's so ridiculous. I am telling you, people like this writer at TMZ, they put things out there like this because some segment of America believes them. Some segment of America will actually read this garbage article and say, oh my gosh, more proof that these are now, the, the uh, Republicans are anti-Semitic uh, too, because look, they had a Nazi symbol. I mean, it's pure garbage, but I just, I mean, seriously, if you want to make a policy argument as a leftist, go ahead and please, any issue you want, but they go to these kinds of lengths of concocting garbage out of a beautifully lit stage at CPAC because there are some people who buy into it. Two other things on race I want to mention about this labyrinth of lies on the left. One has to do with Clarence Thomas, whom I, you know, he's a Supreme Court justice. He is the only uh, black American Supreme Court justice currently on the court. He has a video out, a film, which um, he, I think he actually came out last year in 2020. Anyway, great, great film about his life. And, um, and he's a, um, 
you know, it basically runs through the story of his life. I can't, I don't guess I don't have the name of it, but whatever it is, it was a story of a, a story of his life and it's up on Amazon and they had a streaming service in Amazon uh, for, for in the Black History Month, which is just ending today. So Black History Month, they had a bunch of films up honoring Black History Month, letting people know what Black History Month is all about. And Clarence Thomas's film, I'm sorry I'm not thinking of the name of it at this moment, but leftists at Amazon, of all the films they could have taken down, of all the films that they could have said, you know, this doesn't really need to be up during Black History Month, they took down Clarence Thomas's Amazon streaming, honoring Black History Month, took down the film that was about Clarence Thomas's life and, and decided um, that that was a film that did not warrant being, um, being up there in Black History Month at Amazon streaming. So this is, I, I mean, I, I just find, I know that Amazon isn't the government, Amazon is a private company, but they are in the leftist cabal that is working all together to destroy the culture and fabric of America. The leftist cabal, the, the media, the leftists, the Marxists now running our country. The so it is the uh, you know the corporate types who buy in and swallow the leftist lies. The media pushes them. You have Washington pushing them. All of that is about the idea that they think they can, through actions like this, taking down Clarence Thomas's film from Black History Month featuring on Amazon, and somehow uh, they, are, they think this is doing a public service because they'd rather have up the, uh, I'm sure the remaining things they have up were largely about uh, victimization. Um, and and uh, anyway, so that, that, I guess I'm not gonna come up with the name of Clarence Thomas's film. I thought I would, but I didn't come up with it. So anyway. Um, but Clarence Thomas's film taken down, and I know you can think it's a minor point, like, okay, fine, it's a minor point, you know, but it's really not. The one black justice on the Supreme Court who did a profoundly compelling film about his life, and, and that's who Amazon took down. Another one, uh, quick story, again, I'm on this riff of trying to help people recognize how crazed the left is in the subject of race and lies they tell you. And, and I really kind of like this story, and I'm and just, I like bursting the lie the left is trying to sell, which is that America is a country filled, filled with racism, and, and under every corner you have to be careful because you're going to find racism on every corner. So, there was a, um, an effort, a supposed effort by Coke, the company Coke, uh, Coca-Cola, uh, they have, you know, diversity training, all that kind of stuff. So Coca-Cola put out some training um, for their employees that relates to um, the um, uh, racial sensitivity training. So they, they have employees forced at Coca-Cola, employees forced to go through online training, telling them, and this is not a joke, telling employees of Coke to be less now, I got to tell you, any other race being told to be less than whatever your natural skin color is, everybody understand, everyone understand. But Coke puts this out there, and I want to just read you one thing. It's on my phone. It's in tiny writing, too. But this is part of the online training that Coke put out. To be less white is to be less oppressive. Okay, 
I don't think very many white people in America or people of any skin color would raise you and say, yeah, yeah, I'm oppressive. I mean, no one is living or trying to be oppressive. Maybe some people are, but most people are not. Be less oppressive. Be less arrogant. This is how you are to be less white. Be less arrogant. Um, another one, uh, be less certain. So like if you say you're doing a project together, I think we should try this. You're supposed to be less certain. Go, well, I don't know, man. I may have an idea. It might be stupid, but I'm really sorry. What do I I'm only white. I mean, be less certain was another uh, tip they gave them. Um, be less defensive. Be less ignorant. Be more humble. Listen. Believe. Break with apathy. Break with white solidarity. I mean, the built-in messages of that entire training, the built-in messages are that somehow white people live in this world of building white solidarity and, and always confident and always arrogant and, and so that they've made their fellow workers of color feel oppressed. And so this is your idea. Um, in fact, and anyway, it, ends, it started and ended with try to be less white. And this is corporate America. This is Coke, corporate America, playing along with this endless effort of the American left to vilify, denigrate, attack, and assault the American people, the culture of America, and a wide swath of American people. With a broad brush, anybody who's white is being told, be less white. Anyone who's white is being accused of arrogance and uh, not being humble enough and, and, and mentally being, uh, you know, locking arms with other white people because of skin color. And so you got to knock it off on this white solidarity thing. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing is so ridiculously absurd. But the good news of it was this be less white actually caused a big blowback against Coke. Coke had to say, I mean, they didn't, I don't think they issued an apology, but they got so much criticism and a lot of people saying, you know what? I don't have to buy Coke products. I don't really like soda anyway. I'm not going to buy Coke products because what this is what is needed to fight back. This is what is needed to fight back against the lies of the left. But one of the lies of the left being America is a deeply racist country that must undergo a radical, radical attack on every person who happened to have born with, been born with white skin and be told how they must change, how they must behave, what they may do, what they may not do. If the roles are reversed in this kind of training were inflicted on any other segment of American society, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, Black Americans, uh, people of uh, Native Americans, any other group, we would have the left in hysterics over how racist it was. But somehow this is perfectly fine. And Coke goes along with it, you have to realize, because it's easier for companies to go along with the leftist, you know, accusation, massive accusation against America of being deeply racist. It's easier to go along with this stuff than to fight back. And so at least Coke got some pushback. You know, I don't really drink Coke anyway, but if I did, I would stop. I think these kind of companies have got to get the message that playing along with the leftist, um, leftist mantra, the, the leftist attack on America, which we're watching in front of our faces, those companies have to figure out if they play along, they'll lose customers. If they don't learn that lesson, they'll continue. The left, if anything else, if nothing else, is relentless. Relentless. They attack at every 
phased every opening, every aspect of American society. They attack America, its people, its culture, its history, everything about America. And the left gets people on board doing that. They get Coke on board to do this. The only way the people who run Coke are gonna figure this out is if they lose money, if they lose business. I don't like this. I would, st I would like to stop having to trying to figure out which store do you go to, which store is being boycotted this week. Can't we just you know, stop doing this? But you have to understand how determined this destruction of America is from the American left. This, the mission of, it, the left tries to say they are exposing racism and aren't we virtue signaling? Aren't we glorious? Aren't we better than everybody else? Because we're calling out racism. They are creating a racially divided society. They are falsely accusing, grotesquely exaggerating the situation in America with respect to race, all for the point of gaining political power. So Coke kind of got called out. Uh, they, there's other people, I guess it was the thing trending on Twitter, Coke woke and broke. But I mean, there's, a, there's just a real need to recognize um, the, um, how far the left will go to just simply um, you know, just simply destroy if they can. So um, I want to uh, do one other thing on, um, on on the race thing. There was a really cool story out of Smith College, which is a, you know, left wing, as most colleges are a left wing university. But Smith College um, has a, a whistleblower, a woman whistleblower. She actually graduated from there in 1993. So she's out of school for a while. She's uh, divorced. She's a single mom or I don't know if she's divorced. She's a single mom. She has two kids. She works there. And she has raised a stink at Smith College about the overwhelmingly oppressive wokeness uh, that pervades Smith College's campus. So I want to ask Matthew, I want to play this clip by this lady. I ask that Smith College stop reducing my personhood to a racial category. Stop telling me what I must think and feel about myself because I feel like you do that a lot. I know you do that a lot and I, I need you to stop doing that. Stop presuming to know who I am or what my culture is based upon my skin color because you don't know that. You don't know that about anybody except for yourself. Stop asking me to project stereotypes and assumptions onto others based upon their skin color because I feel like that's what you ask me to do incessantly. <laughs> okay, this woman, uh, she made this video, I think in October or November of last year. She was described, she, she writes about, she explains, I mean, the whole atmosphere there is so racialized, so, racialized, so focused on race. And she, she was very bothered by many things that happened there. She's now finally quit. And she rejected, she turned down a settlement from the school. I believe she's going to end up suing them. Her basic point was everything that you do is about race. Assumptions are made because of her skin color, about what she thinks and should be doing and should believe in, about other people. She talked about you know one incident in which one student claimed that she was harassed by someone. The argument, the claim was, you know, I was harassed because of eating while black. I don't know what, I don't know the story in detail, but the school immediately uh, suspended the person she accused, with, before they even knew what happened, before they even investigated, suspended the person who was, who was accused, uh, 
launched a whole sensitivity training thing at the end of all the investigation independent investigation they found no evidence of racial bias the camp the campus still ramped up initiatives aimed at dismantling supposed racism and when i want to i want to close out this thing this um topic of racism within the lies of the left to try to make this point coherently again real racism is evil to the core Real racism is so evil and so wrong. And it's a wonderful thing in America that we had the civil rights movement, that we overcame segregation, we outlawed segregation. It's a great thing that we in America, everyone understands the idea that we're under the Declaration of Independence, we're all created equal with rights from God to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, simply because we're born. We all get this idea. And to try to always make America a better country is a great thing. What I'm getting at and calling the lies of the left is the very intentional, grotesque exaggeration by the American left of the level, the, the amount, the instances of racism in America, the, per, the, the infection of the argument of America being a deeply racist country has just pervaded the military, every industry, every college, this, the, the entire society is saturated with accusations of racism. The Coke thing, be less white, that wasn't just Coke. It was companies all over this country making assumptions about people because of their skin color, making assumptions about other people, of other assumptions about other people because of their skin color, and simply dividing America along the lines of race. And the left does this not because they care, not because they care about, the, uh, about racial equality. I mean, maybe there are leftists who do care, but it is a political tactic. It is created and fomented as a political tactic to keep Americans divided along lines of race, to make Americans suspicious of each other, to interfere with our normal functioning as a society, for the left to gain power by convincing various segments of our society that they are victims, that they should be outraged by the way they is an outrage, perpetual outrage manufacturing in this country. It's a political tactic to gain power. The left in Washington right now is using this on steroids. And the only way to fight back is to be like this lady at Smith College, to call it out, to say, to call out when you're being either falsely accused of racism or some, or, or some effort is made to broadly you know, paint with a broad brush, everyone with this skin color must think this, can't do this, must do this, must attend this. This is just extremely, extremely harmful to America. The left understands that they can sell these projects and sell this mission under the guise of claiming to care about race relations, and they perfectly understand that they are in fact fomenting division along lines of race. They understand they are growing their political power by convincing people to function in the assigned category of race, which happened as, an, as a product of their birth. Anyway, so this whole lies of the left, I start off by saying, say, you know, there's just this, this this frustration in America that we're supposed to accept all these lies and just go along and, and not speak up and challenge them. So God bless this lady. By the way, this lady at Smith College, her name is Jody or Judy. 
I think Jody Shaw, I mean, she's out there now. She's speaking up because she's just, she's trying to help America wake up to what's happening. Um, and back to the Clarence Thomas, I finally have the name of the film that was pulled down by Amazon. It is Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words. It's basically Clarence Thomas telling his life story. Ginny Thomas, his wife is in it. She tells bits and pieces of his story too. That was a film that Amazon took down because uh, it didn't apparently accord their view of how you celebrate Black History Month. The one black member of the Supreme Court can't be, can't be heard by the American people. You know, folks, I have other things I want to do today, but I'm, I'm pressed on time. We started a little bit late. I'm really sorry about that. The other aspect I wanted to mention, I'm just going to have to leave the story till tomorrow, but I wanted to mention um, the other thing that's happening in Washington. I said I would get to talking about the Equality Act today, but I won't get to it. I really wanted to. The Equality Act passed Congress, uh, passed the House, and now it's going to make its way to the Senate, and there are some you know, issues maybe won't pass there. But the Equality Act is a subject I'll save for tomorrow. I'll come to it after we have Gordon Chang on because we're out of time today. But the Equality Act is this idea that the federal statutes, which I support, the Title VII law that said you can't discriminate based on race and sex and national origin, great law, great leap forward for America. So you have equality for women and, and people of all skin colors. It was a great thing. The Equality Act was passed by the House, which adds to the cat protected categories of people uh, who can't be discriminated against. And it is, it is the protected category they added was the LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ people or the organizations or the individuals uh, who fall under the LGBTQ agenda or identity. This is such a big topic that I, I can't get to it today. I can't do it justice today. So I'm going to come back to it tomorrow. But it's another way. It's another one of those things the left does. I, talk, I, I said I want to talk about lies of the left. This is one of them. It sounds good to many people on paper. It sounds good. You're just expanding fairness. You're finally reaching, you know, uh, fairness uh, for more people. But it will have a dire and ugly and, and, and for many people, something they did not foresee consequence on American society. There's still a, pan, a chance the Senate won't pass it. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow because it has a whole other, I mean, just the, in the, as Trump said in his speech, we started out in the beginning with his little quote from CPAC. Trump said, you know what, we have, uh, we have in this, whatever it's been since Biden became president, you know, we're just six weeks or something like that, the most destructive, you know, bad direction, wrong direction on every issue. A whole other bad direction is this LGBTQ agenda and the Equality Act. I have to say that story for tomorrow because I'm out of time today. So at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started the show out today talking about CPAC and Trump, why it matters. South Dakota, Governor Christian Noam, COVID didn't kill our economies, the government did, great line. Trump talked about Trumpism, millions were watching, great trade deals, low taxes, cutting job killing regulations, strong borders, merit-based immigration, no rise in the streets, no defunding police, protecting Second Amendment, strong military, safe communities, excuse me, Respect the flag, teaching truth about U.S. history, a great nation for all Americans. The GOP ruling class seems unable to see Trumpism apart from their hatred of Trump. Yet Trumpism, as outlined above, is the agenda of a solid and growing majority of Americans, certainly the majority of Americans who would ever vote Republican. Where will the donor class go? The GOP 
or the Trump PAC. The funding will follow Trumpism. Trump PAC is the GOP takeover. By the way, Trump did say no third party, so he's saying stick with the party. And then we also talk about Labyrinth of Lies today and uh, why it matters. America is beset by lies everywhere. Biden, race obsession, and transgenderism. Biden is, here are some of the lies of the left. Biden is mentally fit. Biden's not compromised by China. Biden received 81 million votes. Biden won the election. The CPAC stage drew upon a Nazi design. I mean, those are lies of the left. Koch tells employees to be less white based on the lie that we're dealing with a massively oppressively racist society and white people must be told how to act. Amazon withdraws Clarence Thomas documentary during Black History Month. Smith College administrator can't stomach all pervasive wokeism, everything about race. She's the kind of example we have to be in speaking up more. And I didn't get to the gender dysphoria discussion. I will tomorrow. But gender dysphoria does not change physiology. A man dressed as a woman is still a man. A woman dressed as a man is still a woman. Humoring untruth is destabilizing to society. I'm going to wrap it up at that one. Folks, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Please tune in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you hear